Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trumbull, the horror movie podcast. With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing all right. This is a f- just like, I don't know. This is one of the good weeks, for sure. 100%. Yeah. I'm excited to get into the insanity of Maniac Cop in this one. <laughs> uh, you may notice, too, because normally we don't have audio played in the background, but if you're listening attunedly, you can hear the Maniac Cop rap in the background, which... We we just agreed like you just have to listen to the Maniac Cop rap. It's required listening for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Taylor was like, "How many playlists can I add this to?" You know, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, hundred percent. It's on Spotify, so all of them. I want someone who's like a wedding DJ to like just play the Maniac Cop rap during a wedding. <gasps> As like the first dance. Oh, that would, perfect. That would be beautiful. Just. <laughs> True oh romance at its best. That'd be um, so great. Right? Um, but yeah, the Maniac Cop Rap, not even the craziest part of this movie, because Maniac Cop 2 really just goes for broke. Um, I love it, because Bill Lustig, when he was uh, getting the money, or the movie ready in pre-production, like he was trying to get financers in, involved in all that, and uh, he was like telling them all this stuff like, Oh, yeah, we're going to have uh, famous actor Robert Davi in this movie. He didn't even have Robert Davi signed on for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's like, he's just like basically like spewing out a bunch of bullshit just to get people to give him money. They gave him a ton more money for Maniac Cop 2, and it shows like he used every cent from that uh, budget. And uh, yeah, what you end up with is Maniac Cop 2. I. I Bill Lustig will say it's his best movie he's ever made. I agree. I also think it's the probably the best in the trilogy. As much as I like one, I think two just does everything a lot better. Minus the fact that we don't get nearly as much uh, Bruce Campbell. But yeah, that's like the, nearly any. You get th- a three minute scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's killed 17 minutes into the film. Yeah. Like, and no more Tom Atkins, which is sad for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, what is Maniac Cop 2 about? I mean, you probably know, because you probably have seen Maniac Cop 1, you can probably assume, but, uh, renegade police officer Matthew Cordell once roamed the streets of New York City unleashing, unleashing, sorry, his murderous brand of vigilante justice upon its denizens before being struck down by good cop Jack Forrest. Now Forrest is eager to move on from those heinous events, but he is stopped short when a familiar killing spree begins. Though thought dead and gone, Cordell is back from the grave and ready to wreak his merciless havoc once more. Um, it also does not mention how fucking cool Robert Dalby is in this movie, who really seemed like he like missed a memo and just came in as like some kind of um, noir detective. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it works, but it's like all these other guys are like these dirty New York cops, and he's this cool noir detective. It just it's like okay. I, I mean, sure, but a little, a little weird. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the first time you two watched Maniac Cop 2? Again. Yeah, years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, right after I watched the first one last week. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Which I feel like I honestly should have spaced them out a bit more because I feel like maybe the first movie got a little overshadowed by just how kind of over the top the second one gets a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Especially in terms of like some of the kills and some of the things that Maniac Cop actually does, mm. um, but it was still it was still a great time. Hundred percent. It's it's just it's crazy that they kind of just like change Cordell's motivation for the second movie like completely. Mm. Yeah, that was a little confusing to me. Like when mm -hmm. he started sparing certain people, and the first movie kind of made it seem like he was just gonna kill fucking anybody. Like mm -hmm. even it, good bad doesn't really matter too much, but. Then the second movie, it's like he he wants some friends or something. Um, kind of like how uh, you you mentioned the throwaway thing of Maniac Cop Three being about him finding love. This is where he finds friendship. Yeah, and, but it's it's yeah, it, it, it's weird because they try to give him more rounded elements than that. But like, it still starts off with him killing the wrong people, killing the, the innocent people and letting the the bad guys survive. Mm -hmm. And then it switches gear to become like the revenge film of him put getting rid of the people that wronged him. And it's just like it's a complete shift. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Edra, this movie just this movie has a lot going on. And, like, I do, like... One of the things I always like about this movie is at the end when they, like, basically tell Cordell that, like, he's cleared of all charges and then he just decides to, like, go kill every all the, the bad guys. It's just like, great. It's just like, yeah. Like, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a real cop. He's redeemed, but not really. Um, mm -hmm. The charges have been dropped. That means I am free to do whatever I want. 100%. Uh... Oh man, the first time I watched Maniac Cop 2 probably was I watched all three movies like a couple years ago, just like all three back to back. And I was like two were great, three less so much, although I have grown an appreciation for, for three even though it's not not necessarily a great movie, but also Bill Lustig got taken off of three like halfway through the movie, so it's not Oops. necessarily his fault. Yeah. That was a messy production, so it sounded oh. like this one was also a messy production from mm -hmm. some of the trivia I read behind the scenes. Or maybe it was just with the, the one actress in particular who was having a rough go. But doesn't sound like this one was necessarily all roses either. <laughs> well, yeah, Claudia Christian hated William Lustig. Yeah. Hated her. Hated him. And, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people, there's probably a bunch of uh, listeners out there that know Claudia Christian quite well because they watched Battle, uh, Babylon 5. Um, but yeah, she was like a genre actress in the eighties before she even started Babylon five. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And also too, like Bruce Campbell did, uh, did come back for this movie, but he was going through a divorce. So he was very quick to basically go in and film his exit. And that was about it. Mm -hmm. so. Um, Actually, it's interesting, too, because uh, Joe Spinell, who was in Maniac, was supposed to play Turkel at a certain point. But mm. 
Which would have been interesting because it could have been like, oh, maybe you can link Maniac to Maniac Cop. Maybe. Yeah, it would have been like a, a dual sequel to, to both movies, which yeah. would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of would have been like, I guess, Split whenever they, when they did that with uh, Bruce Willis showing up there. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we got a couple emails here. Tracy says, I was really disappointed that Bruce Campbell was killed off so quickly. I think a lot of people were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I almost feel like they could have given him a little bit more of a ridiculous death scene, like over the top, too, but that's all right. I would have almost Wait. liked if they kept him, like, at the end, like, he shows up. Like at the end and dies, like maybe stays throughout most of the movie, and you can have Robert Dobby in there as well. But then, like maybe in the third act, you kill him. But oh, what if they had given Bruce Campbell the chainsaw in this movie oh. instead of what's her face? I can't remember who actually uh, ends up getting the, the ch yeah the chainsaw. That would have been cool. Yeah. What about you, Steve? Um. Yeah, I don't know. Would you, were you okay with uh, Bruce Campbell's death? I, you know, I understood it because we got to th think of where this exactly was in the career of Bruce Campbell. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's, he's not yet the big genre star. Like, uh, Evil Dead and stuff is still slightly more of an underground cult hit at this point so yeah. commercially wise i don't think he has the clout to be like even though he is essentially the first build um it's not it's not his movie mm. i think you feel that very quickly that it's not his movie mm -hmm. yeah especially because he doesn't fucking show up for uh, like a bit into it and they've already had the big heroic uh, robert davy reveal yes uh, yeah. with with the with, which takes so long that perp goes flying out the window and then gets shot and how long is that tracking shot it's like <laughs> it's like at least like a two minute tracking shot before Robert Davy even steps into the picture yeah um, also too don't go googling Robert Davy nowadays because he sucks now. he sucks he's a he's a loser now which is, yeah yeah, because like he was he he directed the Hunter Biden movie that was like very mega influenced. Mm -hmm. Oh like, no! I what? Know. I'm so disappointed, Robert Davi. You went from Goonies and Maniac Cup two to this. What the fuck? Like, yeah, no respects. He was a little too much influenced by the Maniac Cop, maybe. I think so. Yeah, Trump went up and told him like, "I'm the Matthew Cordell of uh, of <laughs> uh, politicians," and he was like. Right. I heard uh, Trump's getting unbanned from Twitter next week, and I'm not prepared for it. Uh, oh God! Yeah. Gross. That's a stress I don't need in my life anymore. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of muting and blogging. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Henry asked the most important question of all: rank them. Maniac Cop one, two, and three. Go. That was two, one, three. Yeah, I have I, I haven't seen three, but I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, two two is the best. One's okay, and then yeah, 
three three's got moments, but yeah, as a cohesive package, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> but I am a I am kind of a completionist, so I feel like I do want to watch three at some point just to get the full Maniac Cop experience. But you I'm need not I'm, silence. I'm not anticipating liking it as much as well, at least as much as two. Badge of Silence is that is that some like badass action line in the third one? <laughs> um, it's the Hulk. subtitle. Oh, uh, it's Maniac Cop Three: Badge of Silence. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Jackie or Haley shows up in that movie. That's wild. Um, <laughs> also, too, like I, as much as I like Bruce Campbell, I do think Robert Dobby's a more interesting protagonist. And yeah, it's nice that he's like a super back. cop. He's like a weird super cop. Yeah. 100%. So. Okay, then. Um, uh, yeah, so it was a very ceremonious, unified decision. Even though Taylor has not seen three, I'm pretty sure you would probably put three at the bottom. Like, mm-hmm. three, three's a little too weird. Um, best line from the movie. Oh boy. Oh, there's one where um, Maniac Cop's best friend, the the psycho guy, he's in the jail waiting for him, and then as soon as Maniac Cop shows up, he goes, "It must be visiting hours, cause my friend is back," and that made me laugh. If we're not if we're not counting uh, the the Maniac Cop rap as a yeah, best line, I was gonna say the Maniac Cop rap at the end is my favorite, but uh, <laughs> if we're going from the actual actual film itself, um, oh boy. Um, I mean, there's, Robert, there's there's a few. I I always go back to uh, Robert Davi saying, "There's a piece of Cordell in every cop." Ah, uh, yeah, probably, yeah. I probably the most insightful line in the entire. <laughs> I also really like his his explanation of shooting the guy that came out of the window. He goes, "I shot him before he shot me." Yeah. It's like, uh, he fell out a window. <laughs> you kind of had him at a disadvantage, I'm just going to say. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, cool. Uh, let's see. We've got... Um, best performance. Man. Hmm. There's some good performances mm-hmm. in this. Maybe not... I don't know, actually. Maybe arguably more interesting than the first. Because um, I feel like the first, it was basically Bruce Campbell or Tom Atkins. This, like, a lot of the people all have really great performances. Robert Davi, uh, Robert Zadar, he's, he's doing some interesting stuff. Leo Rossi, also really great. Like, I feel like there's more yeah. interesting performances in this. It's maybe a bit of a tougher sell. Charles Napier, too. Showing up in this. Oh, scene. yeah. Who is a last-minute replacement, too? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be Robert Downey Sr. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you all think of her best performance? I'm going to go Leo Rossi. It's just, it's out, it's just insane. This is like an insane performance. It's almost unwarranted. Like, I, I almost feel like his entire character is completely unnecessary, but just him, his performance just makes it work. Yeah. yeah, their, like, weird friendship confused me for a lot of the film. 
because I was like, okay, is Maniac Cop just like using him for a place to hide out? Is he does he feel some sort of kinship because they're both psychos? Like, I don't really know what's going on here, but I'm into it, and uh, I I I put him also as best performance, other than Maniac Cop himself, who just seemed very like menacing in this video and. I feel like even just him walking into a room, I was like, dang, he's he's a maniac for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's, uh... Or, sorry, walking into a room, what I meant to say was walking through doors into a room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you gotta follow the Jason Voorhees method of just bursting through a door. Yeah. yeah. That's all I'm all here for. Okay. Um... Best kill. I do say, I do argue that Maniac Cop 2 has got the better kills over the mm -hmm. whole franchise. And one of my favorites is when he hangs the cop by the tow truck and the tow truck just drives away. Which is so quick. <laughs> he gets clubbed over the head, leans, and then it's just like, boom. Yeah. yeah. Already all hooked up and ready to go. Right? But yeah. It's, it's great. But there's a lot of great kills in this. Like, I, I, I had a hard time choosing, but... That one's gotta be my favorite. Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I still can't get over the whole scene where he just like ravages all the cops in the police station and just like literally walks through the police station and shatters all the like not just one door. I think it's like three or four that he just like barrels right through and just shoots everyone. That whole scene is pretty great. I mean, that that's not even mentioning the fire scene, where he gets lit on fire and he just literally walks around picking people up and lighting them on fire, too. It's it was insane. like a, Yeah, it just reminded me of like a like a zombie video game or something, where you light one zombie on fire and then the whole crowd goes up. Yeah. It was, it was, that was amazing. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Alright. Dumbest decision in this movie. Try to start? be well, try to be friends with the zombies, uh, serial killer. I mean, I know you're a serial serial killer, but like, eh, that's probably not a good basis for a friendship. Just saying. Yeah, there there can't be a lot of trust there to begin with, you know. No. no. <laughs> um, yeah. um. Also, too, like, um. I didn't really feel like the newspaper stand employee did much to, to help Bruce Campbell. He's just like, ah, someone's dying. I'm like, really? That's the, that's your maximum effort in the scenario? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he is blind, I, which I didn't okay. realize. I didn't yeah. realize that at first when I saw that scene. And during that scene, I think like Bruce Campbell gets stabbed right in the neck. And then the newspaper guy goes, say something, man, say something. And the whole time, not realizing he's blind, I'm like, dude, he's got a knife in his fucking neck. Like, I don't think he can say anything at this point. Uh, <laughs> and then late, there's another scene later on where he talks about be being blind, I think, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes way more sense now. <laughs> yeah. That almost made uh, my best line just because it was so ridiculous to me. I was like, D this guy literally has been stabbed through the neck. I don't think he's going to say anything to you, bro. No. Okay. Um... Yeah, I, I do kind of feel like I, I missed that, that he was blind. It, like, looking back on it, yeah, that makes sense. He was blind. He, didn't, he wasn't able to do much. 
I think it was just kind of like a quick scene where he talks about I can't even remember what he talks about but it, it happens like a, like several minutes later um, well, I want someone who witnesses a crime like a murder but they're mute so they can't say anything they're just like that would also just, be very interesting now that just I'm thinking about miming like, it yeah like how do you you know like yeah. maybe they have like an air horn or something for that I would imagine so okay. I think it's time to rate this undersung unsung masterpiece of <laughs> zombie cop cinema <laughs> Ugh, i feel like i'm more likely to go back to maniac cop 2 than i am maniac like the first one in the series mm-hmm. um just because of how over the top and ridiculous it is um i don't know for rating this i feel like i want to give it like a seven and a half okay. seven and a half that sounds good to me I'm gonna give it an eight again. Okay. Both these movies, like watching them back to back, was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just it's kind of an it, it felt natural to give them both eights. So I just had so much fun, even with whatever shortcomings that they have, and they do have quite a bit of shortcomings. Um, just narratively, like holy crap, you're just just juggernauting through everything, but. It's still, it's still so much fun to watch. Like it's a great, it's a great audience party atmosphere movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would give this a nine, if anything. Like I do feel like they're really up the ante with this one, and it really shows. And also, too, like it was very effective. Like it's not like they got a super big name star. I mean, Robert Downey was big at the time, but not like mm-hmm. the biggest. They put it towards like stuff like that really cool uh, chase sequence, the driving sequence, which we haven't, we didn't really talk about, but like that was a great sequence, like super well shot, super interesting. Uh, oh my god, I totally you just reminded me of uh, her handcuffed to the steering wheel. Yeah, oh, yeah, that looked insane. What the fuck was that scene? How do you write that scene? Yeah, like what? It's almost nonsense. How does she fucking live? 100%. How is she not immediately dragged? Yeah. Like, How, your yeah. Cardi- nobody's cardio can do that. <laughs> no. like, nobody's fucking, arm would be you, able yeah. to stay attached. Holy shit. I, I think I was like, just because I did not remember that scene whatsoever. So I think I, like, I think I just, my jaw might have dropped during that scene because it's just like, what is going on? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just, no. I was like, oh my god, we haven't talked about that. <laughs> but no, it's like, it's just, it's interesting, that, like, there, there's so many things about this movie that when I, like, think about, like, man, they did a lot of cool shit in this movie. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about the fire sequence where he's on fire, and, like, that was a long-ass scene. And I don't, so long. I imagine it was done in one take. Like, I can't imagine it. You would have to. Yeah. You would have to, because it's also expensive to do those scenes. Yeah. Just the amount of coordinators and, and, and safety precautions and everything. Well, I, I mean, again, as, as far as the stunt of the first move that we've already talked about, who knows what kind of maybe shortcuts were taken in making some of the stunts of this film? Because there are a few questionable things like, Ugh, I don't know how you do that yeah. safely. But again, the, yeah, how do you do that fire sequence safely? And mm-hmm. do have it involving multiple actors catching on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even crazy. like... 
the fucking amazing intro of Maniac Cop in this movie where he's in the store and he just hands the guy the gun so that he can get gunned down by cops later. Like, <laughs> yeah. genius. Like, yeah, it's so cerebral. Like, I'm not saying, like, this movie's gonna win an Oscar or anything, but, like, no. man, there's, like, a lot of intent in this movie and they pull it all off so well. And every time I go back, like, I just love this movie. Even, like, stupid scenes, like, with the... Uh, Turkel and uh, Maniac Cop walking across the bridge like they're buddies, and I'm like, Yeah, I didn't even need that, but it's no, like, it's great. So, I don't know. Yeah, and I, like I, going into his apartment, and he's like, Oh man, I'm gonna, this is my apartment, bro. Like, he's having yeah. a friend over, and it's like, Oh, they're fr- they're best friends. And then when he's like, Cordell, you're like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, you've killed a ton of people, so maybe not that sympathetic, but also, oh. But so yeah, I I just I fucking love this movie. It's so much fun, and I get that like some people will watch this and go, "This is a fucking dumb movie," and they're not wrong. But I just have so much fun with this movie, and I have so much love for it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I I almost want to give it a ten, but I feel like there's just not enough there to make it <laughs> ten. I would say like nine and a half, a, a very close to a ten for me. But like I don't know. I just this movie's so much fun, and like yeah. I don't think you really make, they really make movies like this anymore. Like they don't make movies that are horror and action and entertaining. Like a lot of them, like they just try to be like as gross as possible or they don't really nail the horror stuff. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of good balance in Maniac Cop too. So. Mm-hmm. And a lot of great scenes where you just go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love a Maniac Cop reboot. Now that I know that it potentially is happening, although still, no word in three years. That's a little alarming, but we'll, we'll see. Um, cool. Uh, well, Steve, where, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. Well, I'm still on Twitter. I don't think I'll be leaving Twitter because it's, it's my most exposure I think I get social media-wise. Yeah. So... I, I guess we have to put up with the Elon Musk shite, but whatever. Um, and then uh, Letterboxd as well. Uh, my website, skistebbing.ca. And uh, I'm on The Shift uh, with Shane Hewitt every week at on Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Nice. And Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Instagram and Twitch under the username Techronomicon. I where else am I? Letterboxd. I update my uh, scores for the movies normally before the episodes release. Uh, my username is Cersianic, and I have a blog that um, one day will be updated, and I will post about anything else I'm doing uh, fun on the internet there as well. Cersianic.home.blog. Uh, nice. Uh, and I'm over at threegreners.com, where almost every other day I've got new content going up. Probably by the time you're listening to this. I'll be posting my review for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, if I'm doing my math right. Uh, which, hey, Disney's not listening to this, so I can complain. Finally, they're doing screenings for Marvel movies again. Yay. Nice. But they're doing a morning one. Yeah, it's a little, a little early in the day. But I think it'll be press only, which is kind of nice. So, Because, again, I can complain about this because I don't think Disney's going to listen to an episode of Trouble. But... Uh, yeah, we always I always run into these issues with these screens where like the the fans go fucking wild. Like I always remember the second Ant Man movie, people were losing their shit because, you know, 
they're like, why are bros going in now? It's like, calm down, dude. You're going to see Ant-Man. Like, shut the fuck out. <laughs> like, Someone was just really into Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yep. I mean, as we all should be. Yep. I agree. Absolutely. Um, but keeps him young. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, Our love for him. That and all the lamb's bloody basin or whatever, you know. Something like that. Yeah. Then I'm on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt, Fatal Koala on Letterboxd. Um, you can go like my Dark Kirk review and then I'll slowly hate you because that's like every day I wake up in the morning and there's some notification that someone liked my Dark Kirk review and I'm like, why? Why do people still like this review? I've got mm-hmm. like however many reviews on Letterboxd, something like almost 2,000 films I've reviewed and like still the one that everyone keeps going back to is my review of Dunkirk. A movie that I've kind of <laughs> forgotten about, to be honest, but... Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the next episodes, we're doing a double header of Pumpkinhead and Wishmaster. Dang. Ooh. Yeah. Which will be great. I haven't seen Pumpkinhead in a while, but just pour That's one out. That's Hendrickson. Yeah. Pour one out for the little boy already. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen either of those. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. gosh. Well, be you're better be prepared. You're going to be traumatized. Uh, oh, I'm I'm ready for trauma. I'm ready to be traumatized. We don't have that many recordings left. We only have three more recordings total of six more episodes left in the year. So we're we're slowly getting to the end of the year. And man, look at what we have got left. We've got Pumpkinhead and Wishmaster. Then we've got uh, De Palma again. I always love doing De Palma. Always so much fun. Oh, yes. We've got Dress to Kill and Raising Cain, and then we're closing the year out with Santa Slays and the Day of the Beast. So, Ooh. yeah, some, mm-hmm. some some fun ones coming down the pipeline. So, And I've already, like, we've already got our schedule for next year, and I'm already fucking excited. Like, we've got some good ones coming next year, too. Oh, yeah, I, I took a look at the movies you have planned, and I am very excited for next year's lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think... Taylor, there's one week where, like, I wrote down the themes of each week, and there's one where I just put the best. And that's all <laughs> the teas you're going to get for now. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure if you listen to the podcast enough, you'll know ex- exactly which movies Kurt has planned for that week. Yeah, and it's the week of my birthday, so that's that's the hint you get. <laughs> okay, well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.